Yo, we are back. Sports Bag Bros podcast is on after another week of playoff football. The NFL is <clears throat> highlighted right now. The NBA yep. is still in the background. No college football. It's all about the NFL, and it delivered regardless. Well, did it really? Because only there was only one close game. Well, the storylines. The storylines. Storylines, exactly. That's what they're coming about. <laughs> yeah, there's storylines now. If you still want to talk college football, there are some storylines to continue talking about. But in the NFL, which is usually taking center stage right about this time of year, this is what we have. The NFL. Dak Prescott used to be elite. Well. Hey, what I say? Show it to me in the playoffs. Don't tell me what you did. Tell me when you did it. And – People want to say, oh, well, he threw for 400 yards, and this is bullshit. When the game was on the line, they were down seven zip. He could not connect with C.D. Lamb. His throws were off. Uh, Packers go down, score again. Then, then he throws the pick six. He was absolute garbage, trash, ass, whatever you want to call it. He even said he sucked. So yeah, he Rex, Ryan, all I, he, Rex Ryan is a D.I.C.K. writer for I don't know what reason. Saying don't blame Zach Dak. Well, no, not all the blame, but he was trash. So was that defense. Now he didn't play too well in the beginning. He got things in between, but I, that was after throwing those two picks. The two picks right. he didn't throw the week before when it didn't matter. When it mattered, once again, Dak showed he, up. He's lucky. Show up. He's lucky that linebacker dropped the third one at the goal exactly. line. Yeah, exactly. Then. I saw that one too. I mean, you talk about a pick six and the whole nine. Now, do you blame him completely for what had happened, or do you look at C.D. Lamb because he just wasn't all on? And the commentary was talking about it all night about how he's just not on. These guys, something's missing. It's like one of those missing ingredients you're trying to figure out to get this thing working. It just wasn't working. And then Michael Parsons, come on, <clears throat> they just handled him pretty easily. Yeah, they came up with a good game plan on Michael Parsons. Um, they ran play action faces in his direction so he had to you know honor the, the the run game and couldn't just go balls out after the quarterback but they couldn't stop the run that was nope. their main issue right there i mean i think they average they almost averaged a first down on first uh on, on first downs <laughs> yeah but there's something to be said about aaron jones playing as well as he has in the past three games prior to this game you know he led the nfl in the past three games rushing over the past three games, one of those instances of getting hot at the right time and Green Bay, kind of like what Houston is doing, once they get into the playoffs, they're going to probably cause some havoc. Right now, the first salvo of havoc has happened for Green Bay just as much as it's happened for the Houston Texans. Another surprising win. You picked the Houston Texans. I went with Cleveland because I thought Joe Flacco will continue. I thought Miles Garrett would be a huge problem with the tackle issues that Houston had, but Larry Thompson's on the other side. He's not bad either. Yeah, the Browns were almost a non-factor in that game. <laughs> That's what they were, um, non-factor. <laughs> and they keep showing Joe well, Flacco well, staring. <laughs> well, early, early, you know, early they were going back and forth, and I was like, oh, we got to track me. But then Texas defense took over, and C.J. Stroud did his thing. Bro. Um, mm -hmm. But getting back to the Packers-Cowboys game, Prescott looked like the second-year guy in his first playoff game, and Jordan Love looked like the season veteran. But you know what? There should be no surprises with Jordan Love. They showed the graphic with 18 touchdowns and one interception. Once the Packers started getting hot, he was the reason why the Packers started getting hot. If you listen to the show throughout the entire year, in the beginning of the season, we looked at that Chicago Bears and Green Bay game, and if you didn't see the game, you looked at the stats at the end, you said Jordan Love had a great game. But for those of us who watched the game, you saw how he got there. He was like, well, a five-yard pass here that was taken to the house or a 10-yard pass, nothing really special with the exception of that pass that went into the end zone that was a good catch. But then five games later, six games later, I watched him again, completely <laughs> different. And then he took off from there. And now yeah. we have a, looking like a finished product. But the benefit of what used to happen years ago in the NFL when players were allowed to sit on the bench for about two years, three years, four years before getting their shot. I understand they get paid way too much money now to sit down, but Jordan Love, bro, he's here. He's the elite quarterback. He was yesterday, um, but I can't come to that conclusion definitively just yet. They didn't put any pressure on him. you know. So what happens when he has to move around and he's uncomfortable? 
but you know he what? was allowed to just sit back there, scan the field, move it where he felt comfortable. Um, he he looked like he didn't have a, uh, a worry in the world yesterday. Yep, he was allowed to move around when he did have that protection. But one thing you know about young quarterbacks, they usually tuck and duck, especially the quarterbacks who have the ability to do it. He didn't tuck and run like a lot of these quarterbacks, like the old Lamar Jackson used to do. We hope still is the new Lamar Jackson next week when they get a chance to play their first game of the playoffs after a bye. But when he did go to the side, he did a lot like veterans. He just looked and kept his eyes down the field and looked to make plays. And he did that a few times when he thought, when yeah. I thought he probably could have run, he just flowed and <clears throat> kind of went to the side laterally, kept his eyes down the field and made the huge plays a few times. Right. And actually, when they did get pressure, he still dropped dimes off the yeah. back foot, leaning to the side. I was like, wow, I was really impressed with him yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. we've got a different animal in San Francisco next week. So Absolutely. this let, is going to give us a chance. Let's to pump the that. brakes a little bit. Yeah, pump the brakes a little bit. But up to this point, this was, I don't think, at least for me. It was an outstanding we- performance, no doubt. I'm just saying I, I'm not I'm not 100%. Um, I don't think we can give him a, a grade just yet. It, it, the jury's still out. Yeah, the jury may still be out, but the difference between him and a lot of these other quarterbacks who have been forced into action early is that he had the chance to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for two seasons before getting his opportunity now and to see how Aaron Rodgers prepared to be in the same quarterback room, to be in the coordinator room together to, you know, and, and put game plans to see how things are done. It seems to play out the way that it's playing out right now using his own natural ability. And if if it's just the regular natural progression, he's only going to get better as time continues to go on. And it starts with now in the playoffs because that's when all eyes are on you. Yeah, people hear about you during the playoffs or leading up in the regular season going to the playoffs. But when you're in the playoffs, that's where legacies are made. And so far, he's getting a pretty good start on his legacy, winning this first game on the road against Dallas, all eyes on them, now out of San Francisco <clears> against <throat> a team that's going to get after him a team that's going to make him run and put all his skill together to try to pull it off. Here's another thing we have to keep in mind, though. We kind of expected this from the Cowboys. It's their, it's their recent history. Yes, it is. And when you consider that the Packers have more victories, more playoff victories in that stadium than the Cowboys do, that says a lot. So yeah. could it be fool's gold? Not, not, not talking about Jordan Love's play, but the Packers the winning how Packers. they did. Yeah, what the Packers did could be because going into this, I don't think there was a shortage of people who had taken Dallas, even knowing their history, even knowing Dak's history. They were hoping for the best with Dak. Seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so no one was really expecting Green Bay to do what they had done. And now that they've done it and they were so definitive in doing it, there were a lot of points scored towards the end of the game that made it look closer than what it was. Now they're going out to San Francisco Playing against the 49ers, in my opinion, the number one seed overall, but going into the season because the number one season, in my opinion, uh, number one seed now is the Baltimore Ravens. But either way, San Francisco, they're going there, a hard place to play, a road game, a West Coast game. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. If, if Jordan Love plays like that against the 49ers and Purdy does what Purdy usually does when he has all his weapons, Man, we could be in for a 38-35 shootout. Yeah. yeah. I don't think either defense could hold the other team back if all things are clicking now. We're looking at a big a bunch of ifs. But Green Bay, I mean, they've been getting progressively better throughout the season, getting themselves into the playoffs when some people thought they were completely dead. You know, if you were looking at two teams that were coming into the playoffs from the AFC, the NFC North, you would normally think it was Detroit the way they started off the season and probably Minnesota. You didn't think it was going to be Green Bay because of the so-called rebuild, and you damn sure didn't think it was going to be anybody in you know, Chicago at the time because of the Justin Fields issues. But now, next year may be a completely different story. But as it stands right now, you're looking at Green Bay going out to San Francisco, <clears throat> Brock Purdy trying to put it together because he kind of put his team, let his team down a little bit in his opinion, even though he played injured last season, 100% this time, a bye week of health, and – the injuries that or bumps and bruises that might have been on a lot of these guys another week behind them. Now all of your weapons are back. Let's see if there's a little bit of rust before it gets together, or is this just such a good team? It doesn't matter either way. Well, that remains to be seen. Um, it could be that that 
49ers D line too shuts down the run, or at least slows it, slows it down and makes the, the play action less effective, which in turn would make Jordan Love less effective. And maybe the 49ers win by double digits, or at least comfortably. But that's next week. Let's recap this weekend. Yeah, and this weekend we also had the Rams playing against the Detroit Detroit Lions. The Lions. That one wrong. Yeah. The, well, you know what? I thought Detroit would win the game, but man, the Rams, bro. Look, no one expected the Rams to even be here. They're way ahead of schedule if you looked at them from the beginning of the season and see what they've lost. McVay keep talking every year about may come back, may not come back. He's now committed to at least the 2024 season. So now they're in the playoffs. They give a a, a, a valiant effort. I mean, seriously. And this Puka Nakua, man, bro, that dude's legit. Bad. He's legit. Yeah. He's badass. Uh, the difference was Lions were able to score touchdowns and the Rams scored field goals. And, and that's what it is. And, and at this time of the year, lost. coaches tell you all the time, you, you got to get touchdowns. You can't go down, especially if you're on the road, and get field goals, especially if you're coming from the West Coast and you got that time deficiency and your body clock isn't up to speed quite yet. You can't just get field goals. You got to get these, make these opportunities and you got them. Defensively, they play well. But Puka Nakua, man, setting a record for rookies with 181 yards. And you think about the receivers who've been in the playoffs, like Randy Moss, like Terrell Owens, like Jerry Rice. We're not talking about a whole season with an extra game added because it's 17 right. instead of 16 or two more games because it was 14, then it was 16. We're talking about in the playoffs, one game. He's done right. better than all of them. Bro, yeah. and we thought Randy Moss was God coming out his rookie year. Yeah, but he also had Jake Reed and Chris Carter that that uh what Moon was throwing to. Was it Moon? Oh, he, no, it was, it was uh, Randall Cunningham. Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Cunningham. There you go. Sorry, got my older quarterbacks mixed up. Cunningham. You know, and they both yeah. had those balls though. And then yeah, but you know, Carter caught a hundred balls. Jake Reed had like 85, 90 catches. So they were spreading the ball around. Yeah, but he has Cooper Cup, who hasn't been too healthy as of the past couple of years. It this seems team, like Nakua is taking over Cup's role. Exactly. And you know what? He's actually doing a better job in that role, man. It's almost – I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't really want to say it. But what he's doing, he's – and when you watch him play, aside from the stats, you watch him play, you see the way he catches the ball, and it's after the catch. This guy has dog in him when he gets that ball, man. He's looking at yeah. – he's like a little beast mode at wide receiver. Yeah, he he was mighty impressive yesterday. And I'm I'm hoping people are going to try to take credit for him because he's not the guy you expected to be that guy. I mean, if you look at the numbers that he had coming out of college, BYU, which hasn't really put receivers into the NFL, I'm surprised that Zach Wilson even was a number one uh, first-round draft pick coming out of there. But BYU doesn't normally put those receivers out there. And he plays there. He comes to the NFL, runs a 4-5-7, everything that says he shouldn't even be in the NFL because everyone looks at speed so much. But then he puts up this type of a season. And you know, I call him like Steve Larger, I think, in one of these episodes. I mentioned him as like a Steve Larger. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. It was a different he's, NFL. But he was faster a, than Steve Larger. Oh, he's faster than Steve Larger because Steve Larger is 5'6", 4'7". 4'6". Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. height. No, 4'6", 4'7", 40-yard dash. But he had those precise routes and he had those guaranteed hands. And that's what made him the Hall of Famer he became. And he didn't even have the great quarterbacks throwing to him the way Jim Zorn throwing to him. Come on. But, yeah, but Nakua, man, for real, this guy is legit. I don't think he's going to fall off like the guy whose record he had broken was it Bill Gorman. Uh, Gorman, he beat his record. He had that huge year in 1964 the, for the um, Houston Oilers, but then pretty much fell off for any other They weren't playing 17 games back then, neither. Oh, yeah, and they were running all the time back then. And mm – -hmm. That was an AFL game. This is before the merger. So, but anyway, and the yeah. AFL was known for their wide open play, but they kind of put all the records together now when they're trying to make a point. And but either way, this is the man we're talking about now, and he's just making plays and for, for the future, providing injury because now that happens in the NFL and the likelihood of it happening kind of increases now with an extra game. And they're trying to get 18 games. So, <laughs> yeah, the same people who claim they care about CTE. How about we just have another two games and see what that CTE does then? Yeah, uh, but as far as the game and the Lions, I can't say I'm still I'm sold on the Lions just yet. Um, but they did make the plays when they had to. You know, they kept them out of the the end zone. 
on three straight possessions, I think they kicked three field goals. And yeah. that was the difference in the game. And then at the end of the game, you know, they made the play. People are going to say, oh, that was pass interference. He grabbed his jersey. Yeah. That happens all the time, though. Yeah. And doesn't get called. They'll get um, smoked, though, those D-backs were getting smoked earlier. Just let them stay in front. And even that didn't mm-hmm. work, stayed in front. Right. But, um, you know, if they can make timely plays, I, I don't know who they're playing next week. Uh, but it looks like they're going to be at home again. Yeah. The Cowboys lost. So, yeah. who knows? They might find themselves in the NFC Championship. You know what? And if so, they may get there to play the San Francisco 49ers or maybe the Green Bay Packers if Green Bay could do a little upsetting. We can see. But, man, I mean, Detroit, more credit to them. I think even more so at the end of the game, they showed all of these Detroit Lions fans in the audience crying, man. I mean, yo, those are real tears because it's been so long since they won a playoff game. 1991. That's a long time. But see, being a White Sox fan, like my entire life, it was just playoff failures until 2005. Yeah. And when they got the third, the, the third out in the ninth inning to go to the World Series, I dropped to my knees, but I didn't cry. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I just can't believe it. <laughs> I felt overwhelmed, but I didn't I didn't come to the point of tears. And I'm not saying I'm throwing shade at those people, but I'm saying at least when I fell to my knees, my team was going to the championship. Yeah. They only won a playoff game, man. Come on. Now, did you go to your knees again when they won the World Series? That's no, the question. I, actually, I didn't. I was just jumping up and down. Yo, <laughs> you know, and, and not only I think football elicits a little bit more emotion than baseball. I don't know, depending on who you are. Because, hey, I feel the same way about the Yankees as I feel about the Jets, as I feel about the Knicks or the Rangers in hockey. You know, <laughs> you get a little happy about it. But the, the, the Yankees have done it so much. That it doesn't get old, but yeah, you know what? They make up for all the time that our other New York teams haven't done a damn thing like the Knicks, like the Jets, you know, like the Rangers since 1994. But anyways, yeah, man. But I like to have, I like watching what Detroit and their fans are kind of looking at. You know, Eminem was there. You know, they had yeah. all the dignitaries they, out there. They they didn't sure Kid Rock. I don't remember yeah. seeing Kid Rock out there, man. He's usually a huge. Oh, he's a country now. He's probably down in Tennessee somewhere. <laughs> Trying to find but Tennessee. Eminem had a video of basically begging Stafford, just let's have this one. Just let's have this one. Oh, come on. That's that's but, what you're begging, man. You got to win. Make sure you have the team in place to do it. You had the whole feeling, sure, man. It's I'm supposed sure it was, to be your favor. It was tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, know, of course. Some, some sarcasm. But he made that video, and that's exactly what he said. Please let us have this one. Well, so that's moving. He didn't on. laugh when he said it. <laughs> he didn't laugh. Now he meant that. And look what happened. They got it. First one since 1991. A guy named Sanders isn't anywhere on the team. I don't even think they have a player named Sanders, but they're still there. They got that one win in the playoffs. Now they move forward to try to continue proving they belong and their quest to get to a Super Bowl, as remote as it may seem, as according, according to odds makers. We'll get a chance to find out for sure because you could only play the games because I think between college football and now the pro, <clears> it's very difficult picking these games. Things just aren't what they used to be. You just kind of go into a game guaranteed. You look at the line, 10 points, like tonight's game, 10 points against the Steelers with Buffalo, a postponed game. Maybe that's the little little oomph that they needed, that game going from one day to another for Pittsburgh <laughs> to pull off a 10-point underdog status. But, hey, you know we'll have to wait to see that game. Cleveland and yeah. the Houston Texans is the game, though. Yeah, on Saturday when I, I saw the report that the game got pushed to Monday, I'm like, man, can't they just get a bunch of plows out there, clear the parking lot? And But I didn't think about the stadium. I saw a picture posted on, on Twitter by Buffalo Bills account. There's still snow on the seats, and they have people trying to clear them out. Yeah, as it's coming right. down. And we're, we're almost about an hour and ten minutes away from uh, – kickoff and they were talking two to three inches per hour coming down That's and you're up fine. in that west buffalo area that west new york area in buffalo man it's coming down serious i've been up there a few yeah, years ago and like the hotel we conditions it was bit and it's bitter exactly so it's just i don't know they know how to play in that weather and i said yo it's football you're still supposed to play but you can't play if you can't get the snow yeah. out of the way so people can even sit and watch the games and then for the players to even be comfortable right. enough to get they, out there and play. They have the field cleared off. It's just the seats have a lot of snow on them. So uh, hopefully 
uh, some people who get there later don't see a pile of snow six feet from the people who push their snow over onto their seat. That Bills Mafia will still show up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll still show up even in that snow. These stadiums they have now have the heating systems under the grass or under the turf now these days anyways. So the snow is not going to stay under there. Even, you know, we look back, we'll talk about the Kansas City game in a minute, you know, how it went down there. You know, that's a game I didn't even really get a chance to watch because it was on Peacock. I wasn't even thinking about that. And I'm like, you know what? Should I order this Peacock? Yeah, there is a boxing match coming on today. Yeah, for one game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right? But I guess they're just putting but, their toe in the water for this one. But so I, I can tell you what happened. Um, Mahomes, he found a receiver who wasn't dropping the ball. He just kept throwing it to him. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, he, yeah. He looked, he looked like a baller on, on Saturday. He had to look like a baller, man, because everybody else is dropping balls. So right, even go- Kelsey, who had decent numbers, I think he had three drops. You know, but in that kind of weather, man, I can understand, I, uh, bro. I mean, that kind of weather. Uh, you know, I, know, I, I, I was cold weather before, and man, I was just bothered that, that they they made so much on the broadcast out of uh, Andy Reid's icicles on his mustache. It was annoying too. They kept showing it. I'm like, dude, like just get a towel, <laughs> man. Wipe that off, dude. But no, he had the icicles. Oh, it's it's cold out there. It's freezing. What was the temperature? Wipe, wipe your face. Wipe, wipe your face. It freezes back up. Come wipe on, your man. face. It freezes back up. It's coming from body temperature guess, out to the cold. He, I guess he he had to have a level of focus that not everybody has because. <laughs> it would annoy the shit out of me. I know. Give me that towel. Give me that towel. Give me that towel. I mean, I, I would not allow that. Man, but what was the temperature once the game did start or the lowest? I don't know the game? actual temperature, but the wind chill, wind chill factor was like minus 35. I think that's, that's serious. That's serious. I, I did minus was... 13, man. I'm on 35. And even then, that burned. <laughs> that kind of went no. burned. I mean, you had. Yeah, Dolphins fans out there with no shirts. I'm like, idiot. Yeah. Your team's losing, and now you're going to get some type of Now we should just pull up live, go to the Miami Herald and pull up some obituaries live and see what's going on. Some of those dudes are dead now, man. Some dead fish. But, yo, yeah. uh, it, it was weird because early it looked like the weather conditions were going to affect the passing game all game. Mahomes was throwing balls three yards over receivers' heads to the right. I mean, like, those you don't ever see Mahomes make. But on the second possession, he figured it out. And it it seemed like he wasn't affected at all. Can't say the same about Tua. (laughs) Those defense, well, coming from Hawaii, then going to Alabama, then going down to Miami, coming up there to that kind of weather. He's never felt that kind of weather in his life. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to just come from Miami or even Hawaii to not have felt that kind of weather in your life. You could come from Alabama and Tennessee and never have felt that kind of weather in your life. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you see how it would affect him. I thought the running game would be such a big thing for them so he didn't have to throw the ball as much. Throwing the ball to these receivers in that kind of weather, it had me thinking about Brett Favre and how they talked about he broke some of his receivers' hands because he's just loading up on the 10-yard line for a touchdown, busting their hands up. So when it gets that cold, it's even worse. I mean, it's ridiculously worse to catch a ball with numb hands. And then not to mention going back into the locker room and then the oh, throwing out. We burned did, did you see Mahomes' uh, helmet crack? No. Nope, I had not. Oh, he scrambled. He got down inside the 10, and he put his head down and went helmet to helmet with the defender. Bro. And a big chunk of his helmet just broke off. Wow. And he wow. didn't know it. The refs didn't see it. He played at least one play, if not two, before they saw it. And then uh, they forced him to get a, a backup helmet. <laughs> But he, his red helmet had a black spot right here. Oh, Mike Singletary action when he was breaking helmets <laughs> at Baylor, man. That's what he was doing. But yeah, that's nah, how cold it was. The helmet to helmet, it cracked. I'm surprised they haven't made a made a, a story about it. You know, using that. As oh, there's been all kind of memes. The first one I saw was he should have been better protected and had all state. He could have been protected from man. <laughs> hey, it fits. <laughs> You know what I mean? Since when did they start letting crackheads into games? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, man, if it's going down like that, you have the elements that's already making it cold enough. You have your body temperature head inside the helmet. Everything's kind of colliding. And then in a moment like that, well, it would break. 
I guess we need some scientists to come up with something like that. But back to our game yeah. with C.J. Stroud going against Joe Flacco as the Browns were just obliterated 45-14 to 14 when they were supposed to have done something instead of nothing. Well, will the real Joe Flacco please stand? And he couldn't because <laughs> he was busy getting sacked. <laughs> yeah. But, be, but before that, he threw the, the interceptions and the pick oh. six. Um, you know, the Cowboys, the Packers-Cowboys game was eerily similar. Um, it was, well, no, the, the Browns actually had the lead, so not that similar. But as far as how he got away from them with the interceptions and the pick six. Yeah, the pick sixes. But, yo, C.J. Stroud doing a lot of what he's done all season long. I, he's not going away. I don't think there's going to be too much changing with him other than getting better because you're going to add more players around him. And I guess because of the play he is, it may – Make some of these free agents wide receivers may want to come to Houston now instead of avoiding Houston. Not knowing right. because he's doing better now than Deshaun Watson ever did when he was in Houston. I don't want to make that comparison too early, but going by the eyeball test, he looks better as a player. He reads defenses better as a player. Deshaun Watson, I've always thought the trajectory with him was going to be good moving forward. And I like watching him from game to game get better. CJ Stroud came on the scene better and only got better as the season continued. Went off for two weeks after that Jets game, gave him a concussion, out two weeks, comes back, doesn't miss a freaking step. Right. Picks it up, and then in the playoffs, you're expecting it's really going to happen now, man. These Browns are coming. And they came and went. That's it. They, they, they made the Browns look like they didn't know what they were doing on defense. And they uh, did. Miles, Miles Garrett was a non-factor. C.J. Stroud did what, pretty much what he wanted to do. Um, it, it was very impressive. It was very impressive. Um, and, and you mentioned C.J. Stroud's going to get better. He should. And I was actually thinking before you said it that that's going to be an attractive destination for yes. wide receivers, free oh, agent I, wide receivers. Oh, why not? You have Nico Collins. No one really knows who he was until C.J. Stroud allowed you to know who he was. And you look at the defense going in, and that's the reason why I picked Cleveland. We had the Miles uh, Garrett situation, knowing that he can get after the quarterbacks, knowing that there was an offensive lineman, Titus Howard, missing from the missing from Houston. But Laramie Tunsil, another offensive lineman that's great. I mean, he's very good as a tackle. And the irony is you're expecting all of these sacks because of missing players, and Cleveland doesn't get any sacks, whereas Houston gets four sacks. Hey, <laughs> Willie Anderson going in there just as well. Hey, look at this guy. Willie Anderson Jr. goes in, gets his sacks, but another piece of the puzzle that came along with C.J. Stroud in this past draft. They had those picks in the early first round. They made the picks, and these guys are paying early results right away. Right away. Same situation your team may end up in in this draft. Right now, two first picks in the first top ten. And if the rumor, if you said talked about getting that ninth pick, bro, if they could get three, if they're getting rid of Justin Fields, you have three Number one pick in the top ten, you gotta get it. If you see the way this happened, you gotta you do think. it. Yeah, you would think. Um, but they actually already have nine. That's their pick. The eight, if the Falcons yeah, right trade for Fields, pick you meant. Yeah. it would be the it would be the eight. But I don't I don't know if the Falcons would um, give up a first round. This is what I saw. Right, I watched the Bears play against the Browns, and the Browns looked like a great defense. Then I saw C.J. Stroud and the Texans play the Browns this weekend. They did not look like a great defense. <laughs> so why would I give up a first round for first rounder for Justin Fields? I don't know. Maybe somebody, and you know, this is a league of egos, and these coaches or a coach out there believes they're the difference between the quarterback that should have been a top quarterback or should have been a quarterback that did well in the NFL and their system as opposed to where he came from. It's always a coach with that kind of an issue going in there. It's like when Tim Tebow came out and the Denver Broncos took him, they always believed that they were going to be the ones to kill all the naysayers. Tim Tebow couldn't do this and that. You bring him in, and he doesn't do this and that. Well, he did get that win in the playoffs against the Steelers, but he also dug himself in the hole in order to have to get out of it. So, yeah, he, and he just never was that yeah, player he, you expected at the quarterback spot. But that's the egos of these coaches who believe it's their, their system or them. They're going to be the reasons why. This t this player became what he did it become somewhere else. We now still have Trey Lance down in Dallas. What's going to happen with this guy? I mean, Dak had a career year this year. So, in my opinion, 
Dak has shown you what he's what he's going to do, right? What his ceiling is, right? And if he's going to choke in the playoffs year after year after year, I, I got to move on from him. And McCarthy, McCarthy looked like a deer in headlights yesterday. He had no answer for what the Packers were doing. He got to go too, in my opinion. And the irony behind that, Jerry Jones said pretty much the same thing. I don't know what I want to do. I don't have any answers for this. And when it comes down to Mike McCarthy, he's like, oh, he just, you know, he just doesn't know right now. Now, when an owner says that, especially when Jerry Jones says that, he doesn't hide behind anything. I mean, they're saying on TV, there's there's 20 teams out there that would hire Mike McCarthy. I don't see why. He had no clue yesterday. You know, when, when Michigan came out pounding the ball against Washington, I texted my friend. Um, the board getting out coached, uh, they're getting punished on the line. He's like, well, What do you want them to do? They'll put put more in the box and then they'll start passing. Well, there's ways, there's other ways to stop the run than than just line up seven defensive linemen, you run blitzes, you know, stunts, whatever. And Washington figured out how to slow them down. They got back into the game. And you that did not see you. you didn't exactly you did not see that from McCarthy or his defensive coordinator. Whoever you didn't see it from nobody in Dallas yesterday. And they have the pieces to do those things and kind of execute those adjustments they need to make. And Michael Parsons was the same guy he was in the first half and effective in the second half. No sacks for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, what no, the Dallas Cowboys did have some sacks, but I'm looking at the other game. But uh the defense just didn't show up and at any point, because now you're talking about um all the points that went up against them throughout the game. The, points they got at the end was pretty much those garbage points you typically get when you're just playing catch up and you keep throwing the ball, keep throwing, throwing, throwing and hoping for the best. I dare say when once they got down 20 zip or after the pick six, whatever the score was, they threw in the towel. They're like, oh, we ain't coming back. They they gave up. Wow, and a playoff and each one of them would say, there's no way in hell we gave up. They'll get upset about someone even mentioning them giving up. And then they'll look at the final score and see how many points they got to do is watch the plays. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, going by the scoreboard, you just can't say, oh, they gave up because you don't realize where those points came from, those garbage points towards the end of the game. Man, I think there could have been more points put up if um if Green Bay wanted to put up more. Well, yeah, I mean, they were just worried about running out the clock. Yeah, that's it. Because they, you couldn't stop them on the ground. The air attack was just beating them up. You know, right. Jordan Love just had all day. To their, their lead was so large. They're like, as long as we don't turn it over, we just run the ball three times, punt it. Run the ball three times, punt it. They're not going to catch us. And, and they did it. And, you know, Dallas was so worried about what Philadelphia is going to do and Philadelphia worried about what Dallas is going to do. Now Dallas is out. Philadelphia may be on the brink of being out, going by their late season collapse. Man, wouldn't it be crazy if the, the Eagles win like 42 to 10 tonight? Woo. <laughs> I didn't have that on the menu, but you know Eagles, what? Eagles fans would be like, all is right with the world now. You know what? And that exactly the playoffs is a whole new season. If you had some stumbles along the way, it's always nice to get hot in the playoffs, if not just before the playoffs, as the Houston Texans have done. But Philadelphia taking on Tampa Bay tonight, Baker Mayfield not getting any of the respect I think he deserved this season, you know, because they played in a pretty weak division, but they became the champions of that division. That's why they're at home now playing against a team that has a better record than they have. And Baker Mayfield with his 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions on the season, quietly gotten them to that point. I don't think they could have done it with another quarterback, at least that was available. Perhaps right. Carson Wentz, I don't know. Baker Mayfield got it, though. Right, and that's the thing. If I'm a Philly fan, like, our defense hasn't been stopping anybody. No Baker, Baker's had it going. Uh, he's in a groove. Uh, it could be the Buccaneers are the team that wins 42-10. to 10. I don't know. We'll see. A nice warm day down in, in Tampa, though. So they'll be out there. The, the pirate ship is going to be blasting. It's going to be something. I mean, a nice game to watch. We'll just have to see. Do, do I don't does uh, Jalen Hurts show anything in this game? Because this has been a bad season, especially after getting that huge contract that he had gotten in the offseason. I mean, people expected him to just kind of like pick it up from there because this was a, a reward for getting them to the Super Bowl. And he doesn't want to be the next Dan Marino who gets to the Super Bowl, and then that's it. He thought this was going to be a common occurrence, and this is it. Getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, or if he gets past this, still doesn't have a chance at the Super Bowl because the teams in front of him are so much better. 
man, it's going to be uh, just as much an issue for him. I think the pressure's off of someone like Baker Mayfield. The pressure's really on Jalen Hurts and the rest of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I agree. We'll find out if – I don't want to say if they have any heart, but did the wheels fall off and, and today is just going to be a massacre? Or do they show heart and grit and toughness and come out and and pull out a victory on the road? I mean, I, I think the reality is Philadelphia is the better team. So them winning shouldn't be a surprise. They're the you think team. that, but the, not the way they've been playing. No, not the way they've been playing, exactly. But you would like to believe, even though I know they don't turn it on and off, you would like to believe with the playoffs at stake. And you do not want to go back to Philadelphia if you're an Eagles fan to listen to that nonsense, those fans and that radio station. <clears throat> Every media outlet in Philadelphia is going to be talking about. They're busy getting happy about what's happening with the Philadelphia 76ers. They don't need the Philadelphia Eagles ruining the parade, <laughs> even though they were there first. Yeah, I, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a Philly uh, player, I don't want to go all, back and hear that nonsense and it doesn't end. It can all come down to how it starts off. If the Buccaneers get the ball, drive down the field easily and score – and now the doubt creeps in, like, oh, man, here we go again. But if they get him out three and out, maybe Reddit gets a sack and he's fired up and defense is pumped up, um, you know, it, they, they're going to have to get off to a good start early. If they don't, you know, that doubt creeps in and that that human nature is hard to overcome once it creeps in your head, man. Yeah, the human nature is hard, but humans also have pride, and this is a game of pride as well. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, just missed winning the Super Bowl. A lot of it, the same team kind of came back for the most part. Javar Hargreaves leaves and goes to San Francisco. But there got to be some pride there. And I know that's been talked about in the locker room. It has to have been talked about in the locker room. What has happened? Okay, let's put this behind us, boys. What happened in the regular season? We did start off hot, hot enough to give us a cushion to fall apart at the end of the season and still get into the playoffs, even though you lost to the Giants. But this is a whole new season in the playoffs. And like Bill Parcells used to say, I just want to get to the tournament. They're in the tournament now. And they're playing against a team that isn't exactly formidable, but still live. And that's Tampa Bay. Philadelphia, across the board, man for man, is the better team. But that chemistry or whatever it is that kind of kept them from winning as often as they probably should have closed the season with, wasn't there. Another road game. The same road situation they had with the Giants. Tampa's better than the Giants. Let's see what happens with this game tonight. I mean, it's all on Jalen Hurts. I mean, you want to be the man with all that money? You want to be the quarterback? You know what blame comes with the quarterback position? Live up to it. Yeah, I'm of the belief there's something going on there where guys are just not on the same page. In a locker room? Yeah, and I don't think they're going to figure it out. So I got the Buccaneers tonight. Yeah, you know what? Again, unless they get off to a, a strong start, Maybe even a strip sack or an interception set up the offense for an easy score. Um, if they fall behind, I think it's over. You know what? I have to say, I I, I still believe in Jalen Hurts. I think that man, it, last year wasn't a fluke, and a lot of what he did until the end of the season wasn't a fluke. I think you know that. I don't know going into the playoffs and having a different mindset and being there and have done that before playoff wise, getting all the way to the big game, still losing. I think that still kind of helps this team out. Not everybody's back, but you know what? DeAndre Swift as a running back is another key player for that team, running as well as he had nearly five yards of carry this season. I think, you know, adding him, and you already know why receiver-wise, you know, you had Devontae Smith on that team, who's finally starting to stand up and be that first-round pick that they picked a couple of years ago coming out of Alabama, that electrifying player, pretty much picking up for Deshaun Jackson and where he used to be at Philadelphia. So, yeah, I, mm. I think that. It's playoff time, man. This is when you become a legacy player. And Jalen Hurts had a taste of it. These other new guys want to be part of it. Let's see what happens. That's true. I just don't – I don't believe in in Hurts and the Eagles, not the way they've been playing. I don't don't think – You have every right. I don't think a week is enough to to turn around what's been going on there. So, yeah, I got the Buccaneers maybe 27 to 13. Well, because they haven't shown any evidence of things getting better. In fact, I thought they would do that against the Giants. I was like, you know what? What helps an <laughs> it's team you get well against, right? Dude, That's start, what I'm saying. What helps an ailing team trying to go to the playoffs, stats. trying to win the division with the division on the line, and you still lost to the Giants, man? Come on. I mean, is it really smacking the Giants in the head? No. You look at what the Giants have done all season long, the different quarterbacks they've gone through all season long, and you got beat by Tyrod Taylor, man. 
bro. I mean, he's been around for over 10 years, so it's not like he's a just a, a, a nothing, but you're not supposed to lose to that when you have Super Bowl or even playoff or division champion aspirations. Right. But that's what happened. So, yeah. So, let's I'm, get to this game coming up here in a little bit. Steelers yeah. and Bills. Steelers and the Bills, man. I, I really don't know what to say about these Steelers, man. They shouldn't. First of all, didn't you hear the story about Mike Tomlin thinking about Me it too. at the end of the season, whether or not he should continue coaching? Got no, I, didn't the I didn't, I didn't yeah, see that. No. That's what I heard over the weekend. I was like, wait a minute. Is somebody saying this for him, or is he really saying this? Because they're claiming that there's some pressure on him that if he loses, you know, he's going to decide at the end of the season. And they had to, matter of fact, they showed it yesterday on, uh, on, on, on NBC. They had like a deer in the headlights look when he was just standing there with his eyes open. And it was talking wow. about him saying that he may just, uh, he, has, he may think about it after the season. He's going to discuss it. I mean, from the outside looking in, there's nothing to discuss. You wanted the maybe great he just feels, maybe he just feels he's done in Pittsburgh. Like uh, maybe he feels un, unappreciated. You know, now, some, that part some, I understand. Some people were calling for his head earlier in the season, and lo and behold, he gets them in the playoffs. But he, I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there, even a lot of so-called experts who think the Steelers are trash. Yet they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> and you know what? And the Steelers. And you know, Josh Allen missed the turnover over there. You never know. And, and you know, and they haven't been that good this season. The stats show they haven't been this good this season. I know I, I get, think up until like game nine or ten, they haven't outgained the opposition in the entire season <laughs> up to that point. But they were still winning games. You know, you look at the quarterback situation, man. Oh, it was just terrible. But they were still winning games. And now you want to not you, but people were ridiculing Coach Tomlin. They, they ridiculed Coach Tomlin saying, "Okay, he got to the playoffs. He's above five hundred, so that's better than the Super Bowl." You know, just the disrespect, and for them to continue to say that the championship that he did had, the championship that he did get, was See, coming that, from Bill Cowers players. Bro, this is the NFL. This is a college, man. That's what I get. Players, That's what I don't get. You got this guy, never had a losing season. He never had the best quarterback in the league. Uh, he had Roethlisberger for a number of years, yeah. maybe top five quarterback. Um, but since Roethlisberger. Who 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 have they had? And he doesn't get he doesn't get respect. Um, nobody talks about him being a, a top five coach in the game right now, maybe top ten all time. Yet Belichick, people want to call him the greatest coach of all time, but he, he has a losing record without Brady. That makes no sense to me. None. Well, I mean, I have to go by what's there. And he had Brady that was part of the team. It's like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do they get four Super Bowls without Terry Bradshaw? In this case, yeah, because that team was still that good. But, yeah, I look at it the same way with Bill Belichick. Hey, he had him, so we can't go by when he didn't have him. It's nice to make a point of contention just to do yeah, but that. If we, if we go that way, then, okay, he's one, Walsh is five, Noah's four. I mean, it's just going by the Super Bowl victories? No, not the Super Bowl victories. I mean, but that is a kind of a gauge that's important when you're talking about the inordinate amount of Super Bowls he's won. No, but you talk about players with three and four Super Bowls, we're just putting them as gods in the Mount Rushmore football. This guy no, has but we're, we're talking about coaches who had success in different locations. Belichick failed in Buffalo. I mean, in Cleveland, Cleveland failed before Brady, failed after Brady. But everything in between was a long time in between. You need players. This is a players league. It's always been. It's about the players. You know, you can't put a bunch of bad players out there and have a great coach coach them. And expect basically one player. I mean, look, we could go back to even college football and look at what the Nick Saban do at Michigan State. Barely over 500. He didn't start winning anything until he came down to LSU, got his championship there, and then he leaves, goes to the Dolphins, and we see what happened there. Comes back to Alabama. Now he has his legacy because you don't have a legacy like he has right now with just winning at LSU. He took over for George Perlis up at Michigan yeah, State. At least he did it in two two different schools. He did it different two different schools exactly different in college, but you know just the gist of a coach has players. You get a lot better players at LSU than you're ever going to get at Michigan State. You're going to smart enough though. Uh, and, exactly, and you learn along the way. You He's learn smart enough from his days at Michigan State because at he Michigan State. He scheduled Nebraska and got two ass whippings. <laughs> but he got to a point where he could just pick and choose anybody he wanted because his teams were going to win a lot more times than not when he went to LSU and then at Alabama. But before he got to any of those, he was there 
at Michigan State, took over for the great George Perlis, whose record itself wasn't that great either. But, yeah, man, so I, it's the players that's going to typically make the coach a great coach. The coach hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, I got to pause. Pick on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but Nick Saban, hey, nothing, no shade towards him, not taking anything away from him, but I'm looking at players always making the coach. That's anywhere you go. Jerry Gennardo was looked at as a solid coach once upon a time. You know why? Because he had Kevin Falk on his team at LSU. He came from Vanderbilt. This guy got hired at a job he should have never gotten. So <laughs> Bill Belichick in the same situation. He just happened to be the coach when – when I'm just saying you can't call him the GOAT. Yeah, but look at the defense, though. They weren't just winning with offense. Defensively, look at the plays that they had. No, nah, I mean, man, we, we, we talked about this last week. We're just rehashing. Yeah, exactly. We, we say the defense. I said, well, he had he had film of the practices. He had, <laughs> it's always something. It's always something. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Who, who's winning Buffalo? Who's winning this, this playoff game coming up in a bit? So this playoff game, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I'm thinking it's a 10-point line. I'm not looking at lines these days because they've been wrong too many damn times right about now. <laughs> Josh Allen's inconsistency is another thing that's been wrong, but they're still in Buffalo, and this is not a team that you're going to scare. Pittsburgh isn't a team you're going to scare because of weather or elements because they're from a cold-weather area. So I'm still going to go with Buffalo just because Pittsburgh has no offensive punch at all. If you're trying to win with Marco Rudolph, that's not going to cut it. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is there. Kenny Pickett's on the team. None of those quarterbacks would be the reason why they would win the game if they were available in that, their entire defense is going to need at least three to four turnovers. At least. And you know what? In this kind of weather, that's a possibility. That's true. That's a possibility. depends on how that I, field looks. I think Buffalo's going to come out committed to the run game. You know, that's how they pounded Dallas. James Cook, um, yeah. They, 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 you know, if they're – I'm not going to say if they're smart, but – Weather conditions, like you know what, let's just come out there and pound the ball. If they can't stop us, we just keep pounding the ball. And Josh Allen may only throw the ball 10 times today. Yeah, you know what? I remember Bill Belichick did the same thing with Matt Jones a couple of years ago when he didn't throw the ball pretty much at all because of the because of the wind blowing. But if you can establish that running game like James Cook can run the ball, well, maybe you could probably pull it. I mean, maybe you could kind of build a game plan around him under those elements and, and pull it off. But Josh Allen runs the ball well, too. So even if he's going to look like he's throwing, he's a hell of a threat still running. He's a legitimate threat. He's not just – He might run for 100 yards. Too. You know what I'm saying? That's what he can do. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he just happens to be your quarterback. You know, he's a tight end playing quarterback. So, yeah, man, I, I just don't see any way Pittsburgh could win. But you know what? I wasn't seeing too many ways that Houston, Texas could beat Cleveland either, and we saw how that worked out. So I don't know. I just got to go with Buffalo. It's the common sense thing to do, not even taking Vegas into consideration with their 10-point line. It's just that they're the better team, and Pittsburgh right. has too many issues where it matters most, quarterback in particular. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills also. Yeah, so, yeah. let's say 23-10. Yeah, 23-10. 10 points sounds about right. 10, 13 points for Pittsburgh because, I mean, they just end up getting close to the end zone. But is the field goal really going to go through with that wind up there in Western New York? I, that's another part that I didn't think about. But hey, I think we spoke enough about these um these pro teams and the way they're going about business, man. There's been so much going on in the college world that we could close down with. You know, you have that um, Kalen DeBoer's. I felt was no surprise as a quarterback, the coach now for the Alabama Crimson Tide. A lot of players going into the transfer portal. You could expect that. That's the way college football is right now. And I think going into this season, though, coming up in 2024, the top two teams, in my opinion, is going to be uh, Georgia and with a second-year quarterback starting, second-year starting quarterback in Carson Beck, and Ohio State now that players are returning there because Kyle McCord didn't have to be the top player and they were still getting their yards and doing well except against Michigan. You know, Henderson's yeah. coming back in the running back spot. They got defensive players coming back. Yo, look at an early peak into next season. Georgia, Ohio State, one and two, two and one doesn't freaking matter. But these coaches changing, and I think people are disrespecting the boys for what reason? Your team just got beaten. This guy came to a four and eighteen in his first year, made them eleven and two. Second year went to a national championship game, fourteen and one. The guy now, even with the loss to Michigan, only has twelve losses in his damn career as a freaking football coach. Give the guy respect, give him credit. It's still going to require players, but he seems to know how to put these players in place. And what he did against Michigan's running game, at least, 
when that bend but don't break defense was able to stiffen up a bit shows his coaching ability. Right. And, you know, they may be losing uh, recruits at the moment, but I'm sure he'll bring some people from Washington. Yes. With him. Yep. Um, we'll see how he does. That That's a tough act to follow, though. Oh, that's bro, a very tough act to I follow. I don't envy him. I don't envy him. <laughs> but if there's a coach to do it, that can at least do something, stop the bleeding per se, because you know Nick Saban hasn't won a championship in the Nick Saban time frame like every other year. Since he hasn't done that, if this guy could come and do just that, bro. They pretty you much see what that. Reggie Bush said? Oh, Reggie Bush. <laughs> he thinks NIL ran him off, man, because he can't have control. When did he ever have to have control? He was the Pied Piper. People were coming to Nick Saban. He played his music, which was national championships, SEC championships, and players going to the league, which he holds the record for sending the most first rounders, and but players came. Period. I, I don't I don't know for sure, but I told you, you know, he whined about NIL, he whined about the portal, and now he lost in in the playoffs. And even though he was given a gift, and he says it, it was too hard for him, you know, well, he's not a young man anymore. Yeah, the so, dynamic of it. I mean, you're chasing players anyway in the recruiting process. Now nah, you're chasing if, players. If they, had, if they had won and beat Michigan, you think he's he's going to retire? At 72 no years way. old? Yeah, I think nah, that's he ain't I mean, I, but, I know you, you, when is the last time a coach did retire on top? I mean, I don't know. I can't remember the last time a coach retired on Tom top. Osborne. But, uh, Osborne at 72 years old. I mean, he was old at the time too, wasn't he? Yeah. He, I say, I I mean, Joe Paterno, you couldn't get him out of there. Bobby Battle was forced out. So these guys weren't even yeah. getting a chance to leave on their own terms. And, but, but I, in fact, Joe Paterno was forced out. But um, just looking at what Nick Saban has done and what he, you know, the way you recruit these players, man, man, I hate talking about it, but I've dealt with players during the recruiting process and I've seen how some of this recruiting goes. And even then, when it was so rudimentary back then, it wasn't as bad as it is now that you add NIL. And when you add Alabama to the NIL mix, look at the money these players from Alabama has been getting. They're down the totem pole. They're far down the totem pole in terms of money that players from Alabama had gotten while NIL existed, while they existed. So it wasn't like they were getting players who were breaking the bank. You know, Bryce Young was a Heisman Trophy winner, so he got his money from the Heisman house and things like that. But chasing these players now, you got to have an allotment of money available to go after these free agent players, and that's what they are. Everybody has their hand out. You know, they blame, they claim Travis Hunter was getting money from Jackson State. When's the last time Jackson State had any money to give? They still try to stay in full of the credit, you know? So we, we do got to talk a little NBA. You know, it comes back tonight. Yeah, I heard, I heard rumors. Yeah, he's back. So and do you still <laughs> think right now, a difference. is this a long enough suspension? I think the, I think the all-star break would have been good enough. I don't know. So how many games did it turn out to be? Ah, man. 14, 15? I think I think that's fair. You know, if they had just come out and said 14 game suspension. I said anything under than anything under 12 would be weak. So, you know, sticking to what I said in the beginning, that 14, okay, that's about right. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, just looking at the NBA as a whole now and trying to trying to like, oh my God, you saw the blowout between the Bucks and the Celtics the other night. Oh, yeah. They, oh my God. They were coming off a tough, oh, a tough exactly. back the time. before. Yeah, yeah, against Minnesota. And they won that game, but man, uh, they, they started off badly and it got worse from there. I mean, yeah. God. Uh, their, their coach, uh, he, he he was right for pulling them. Um, you're not coming back from 35, 40. <laughs> nah, <laughs> man. Hey, take the rest of the night off, guys. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I see I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now the Rockets losing another game by 60. 60. Yeah. Come on yeah, now. Man, there's something wrong there. Hold my keg of beer. Forget the beer. Hold my keg of beer for that one. Holy smokes. I saw that blowout. And the Rockets is one of those teams that had this young talent that's supposed to be doing well this season, and they were. But to get blown out like that, man. Yeah, I don't know if they have Let any play cohesiveness. They, they may not have any cohesiveness. Uh, maybe they don't get along. Maybe everybody wants to play hero ball. I, I don't know. I haven't really watched the Rockets game, so I can't really talk about it. But I know losing two games by 60 points, being the only franchise in history to do that, 
Um, there's so major issues there. Room. Yeah, major yeah. issues. I can't, I can't even call it, man. I don't know what to say about that because, God. And then, oh, well, today you have games, you know, that Memphis is playing and Atlanta's playing, you know, Martin Luther King Day. So, you mm-hmm. know, Memphis is where MLK passed and Atlanta's where he was born. So they try to make that a point every time they play this game. And so, yeah, so they get it on right now. So let me see what's going on with that game. Well, they'll be playing a little later. Uh, Memphis right now, they're not playing until 6 o'clock Eastern time against Golden State. And then you have Atlanta. Right now, they're ahead of the Spurs, 35-16. They normally have a good game. Trey Young has a pretty fire game right about this time of year. So they're holding serve and doing what they're doing right now against San Antonio, 35-16. After the first quarter, first. Did you see the Bulls' ring of honor the other night? No, I had not. So they honored uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, I guess some other players. I didn't watch myself, but they also included Jerry Jerry Krause. And so they had his uh, widow there in his honor, and the crowd booed him. Booed the wizard, the widow? Booed so badly that she started to cry. Bruh, nah, I didn't see that, man. Yeah, she, she cried. Lisa <laughs> King, cool. Bulls announcer, former Bulls player on those championship team, teams, uh, he said that was the most shameful thing he's ever seen from the Chicago fans. Man. <clears throat> My thing is, if you're going to honor those championship teams and you decide you're going to include Jerry Krause, somebody should have said, whoa, wait a second. Uh, you know, Krause didn't get along with the players and a lot of fans didn't like him. Uh, maybe do, don't do include it when you're honoring Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. I'm sorry. That was a that was bad from the start. I'm not saying – the fans were right for booing him. I would not have booed. I would have stayed quiet. But if you were there watching the team, watching the, those teams, living in Chicago, reading the papers, listening to the radio, you know what went on. And if you're part of that organization, you know firsthand what went on. You should have known better than to, than to even include him with those guys. Man, that's a bad look. I don't know if to say a bad look for the Chicago Bulls fans or just a bad look for her, <laughs> putting her in that spot, man. But, bro, that – man, I didn't hear anything about it. I mean, I haven't seen any memes or anything about it. I, I don't know. But then I don't know their their ch- children's situation, you know, if they have any kids or if they have a son. If I was the son, I would be like, Mom, hold up. Well, you want to be there. Nobody got to do but, it. Hey, hey, let me go in your place. Let me go. And if the fans boo me, you know, better than you, mom. Uh, so, yeah, where are the children in this situation? Yeah, that's pretty bad, though, man. They, they should have known something. It got that bad. She was out there crying, man. That's, bro, I don't even know what to say. That's pretty speech. I was pretty speechless with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, mean, I, I, I got to go look for the video now, man. <laughs> making light of it. And I, I, mean, I feel bad for her. She's on the I got to get the video and see how this went down, man. She like, wasn't the one making the dumb comments. You know, I want to build a team without Michael Jordan. But um, she was the brunt of it. She took the brunt of it. She took the brunt of it, man. And he's not here to stick up for his own wife, man. Come on, bro. You saw it coming. Man, anyway, I guess we got to end on that. <laughs> the playoffs <laughs> are beginning, man. Uh, yeah, got to get to the boob tube. Yep, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers up in what? Orchard Park, New York, which is cold as hell this time of year. We saw the weather reports anyway with the snow and the weather completely inclement up there at this moment. F- even for a football game, that's why it was delayed. But I think the same result was going to be what it is. Buffalo should be able to beat them relatively easy, even though nothing's easy in the NFL. Well, tell that to Green Bay and tell that to the Houston Texans, man. The numbers they put up and and prevented other teams from scoring against them, they made it look easy. Well, yeah, but you 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 mentioned how cold it is up there. I don't know what how cold it is there, but here in my area in Chicagoland, yeah, been minus seven. I can't even open my back door. It's a sliding door and it's frozen, frozen shut. shut. Yeah, so now my dog's got to go out to the front. Man, crazy. It's 66 degrees here in Jacksonville. The last time awesome. I saw it, it started off cool, yeah, but it got track. warm. It got warm as time went on. And it looks like, hey, you know, we're going to get, we did have some of that nippy weather a little bit earlier this week and even last week. 
this afternoon just happens to be warm. I haven't looked at the forecast for the rest of the Nippy week. Nippy weather, 66. Come on, man. I just talked about well, it. 47. 47. <laughs> 47, little nippy for Jacksonville. Come like, on, okay, man. I, I get that. 47. You said, you said 66. Oh, it was 66 today, but I was saying last week we did have some nippy weather, which was 43. Wake up to 43, 47, and that kind man, of thing. Man, if it's 47 tomorrow, there'll be people with cutoffs and shorts. <laughs> in at the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying, man. They will be. Light hoodies, man. That's like spring weather to us, bro. Woo. I hope this is anyway. what the summer's going to be about. But that's bias. I'm Trav, the Sports Bag Bros. Podcast. We'll be back at you on Thursday. As you may or may not know, we're here just two days a week, but less is more. We'll catch you on Thursday. Deuces. Yes, that is Dr. J in the background. Dr. J, yeah. <laughs> not biased, but Dr. J. <laughs>